Well, 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 well. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets. I'm your host, Matt Moore. Joining me, my co-host for World's Finest, as in this role reversal episode, as this time I'm the optimist that was proven at least for a night to be right. Joining me is Adam Mares, the Nuggets skeptic, who now needs to talk about how wrong... No, he wasn't actually wrong. <laughs> yeah. in one game. I need but to apologize. But we're here to, to talk about the Nuggets' 110-101 to 101 victory over the Los Angeles Clippers in Game 2. I said there were two ways that this series could go down. They were either going to come out and have more energy than expected in Game 1 and surprise mm. them and then get absolutely beaten down in Game 2, or... They were actually going to be as tired as they said they were. Turns out that was the case. That was definitely true. And they were going to come back and win game two. And everyone, everyone, everyone counted them out after game one. Absolutely everyone. But on this very show, on this program after, <laughs> after Thursday. Not everyone, show, Matt. Not everyone. After, after th- yeah, D-line. D-line stuck every, with every, Everyone but one person <laughs> counted them out. That was you. You get to take this. On Thursday, I said, I'm not worried. I'm not spooked. I don't think this, I still think this is a good matchup for them. And lo and behold, when Kawhi Leonard shoots like 30% from the field, the Denver Nuggets can absolutely run wild over the Los Angeles Clippers. This was a fascinating game on multiple levels. Um, It really was, yeah. It was really interesting. There's a lot to go through it. The Clippers reaction that you're going to hear, and you're going to hear this from the mainstream national media, um, of which I'm a part, you're going to hear... All of this happened. Kawhi didn't shoot well. The Nuggets shot the lights out, and the Clippers still could have won. Every single game in this series, the Clippers are going to have a chance to win. There will be games the Nuggets do not have they're a chance good. to win. Yeah, because <laughs> right. they're, they yeah. are good. They are more talented than the Denver Nuggets. They're probably the most talented team in the NBA. Right. And so, like, they will absolutely have chances. Like, the Nuggets are not going to blow out the Clippers. When they went up by 20 in the first quarter – I was like, this is going to be a real race to the end because the Clippers are going to make a run. Um, it's just like, you can't go up. You, nobody ever holds those first quarter leads, first of all. And then second of all, um, like some, it just, you're not going to shoot that hot over the course of the game. And right, what, right. what mattered was whether or not their defense won. Um, so I, I want to ask you this question, like right off the bat to kind of go here. Do you think that this defensive performance is replicable outside of the Kawhi Leonard shooting. I do. And and so I think there's two things that happened tonight. One was that Denver upped their intensity to games five, six, and seven level from the previous series, which now tells me that Denver has played very good, not, not okay defense, not whatever. They played very good defense in four of the last five games that they've been in with the exception being game one of the series just previously. But um, so I think, yes, but the second half of that, which I think you're alluding to is, you know, Kawhi missed shots he's capable of making. I mean, there's a reason Kawhi Leonard is an MVP candidate and one of the best one-on-one players in all of the NBA, and it's because you can't really guard him. You can just try to throw bodies at him. And, of course, tonight he he went a little bit cold. Paul George had some similar opportunities. Lou Williams had some similar opportunities. So it's going to take a little bit of, of all of that. But the one thing I think with the, the from a Clippers perspective – this isn't a team that, in my opinion, has a whole lot of cohesiveness. Like they are, they're a team of very high, uh, very talented individuals, and they play a, ba- a brand of basketball that really takes advantage of that. And tonight, what I thought you saw was, especially down the stretch, when Kawhi Leonard had missed some shots that he wanted, and then got, you know, didn't get some of the looks that he that he was getting in game one. 
I thought he pressed a little. I thought he started forcing shots and getting a little bit more like, okay, I'm going to do this. And um, I'm not saying that all of this is replicable, but there are, it did just kind of show that, hey, this Clippers team at their best looks like five all-stars. At their worst, they look like five guys that don't really play together. They're just all off at the same time. Yeah, I mean, this is very much a mercenary team. Like last year's team was organic and kind of like the misfit toys and thrown together by a bunch of pieces. And they had like real chemistry and liked each other. Lou Will and Trez have really good chemistry, but yeah. I don't find that the rest of them, because the rest of them are all just kind of are, are brought in. It's very much like a mercenary collection. They do not have, I don't think, uh, they don't really, they don't feel like they vibe to me. They don't have an, and right. to, even more than that, I don't feel like they have an identity. Like, I don't feel like there's anything that you like necessarily like, like what's their identity? They're really good. Like that's their identity is like, they're just a really good basketball team. And that's, that's tough when you don't really know what your identity is. And it's hard to have an identity with Kawhi. Cause it's just like, he just kind of does his thing. Like he just kind of does his thing. Yeah. And so um, that I think is, is part of that equation as well. I did notice like in, in a very nerdy basketball sense, the nuggets trailed harder on coming around in slightly different coverage so they weren't dropping and they weren't blitzing they were stepping up to the level the clippers brought them out further the chasing guard whether it was grant or harris defending Kawhi or paul george went further and just badgered that ball handler the whole way because the big adjustment from game one i think is that malone went look if ivica zubach beats the zubach and montrez harrell and Jamichael Green or whoever, if those guys beat us, fine. But yeah. let's make life miserable for the other guys. And Paul George caught this, and Lou Williams caught this, and Kawhi Leonard caught this. And it really – and the other thing that happened was because they were chasing him harder, it made the passes to the weak side that much more difficult. Yeah. And when that happened, you saw a lot of turnovers and bad passes. And also, oh, look at that. Oh, I can't believe it. It's such a shocker. Marcus Morris didn't shoot 70% from the field again. Oh, that's a shocker. <laughs> didn't get as many shots either. I mean, three of nine, part of that, part of the story is the nine, not just the three. But, um, you know, yet to your point, I don't know if that it's even just the pick and roll coverage. I just thought Denver's intensity level was completely different. And I think, as I often do, think that it starts with Jokic. I mean, Let's be honest, he's not the rim protector. We all know this. We can talk about it all the time. But when he is engaged and playing hard and focused on the defensive end like it's the fourth quarter, um, then he the the whole team seems to not look completely inept in that first game, and he was called out for it. I'd be very curious to hear if he saw and heard about being called out. I always wonder if players know. Like, they don't know inside the bubble. But I wonder if word gets back to him like, hey, did you hear about Draymond Green? Completely ripped you on the – halftime show and talked about how bad you were in this game defensively because I thought that the effort level from everybody was just more intense in a way that the Clippers it threw the Clippers on their heels Denver opening up absolutely on fire also put them on their heels and Denver sustained the intensity level on the defensive end for 48 minutes tonight and that's why they eked out a win despite only scoring 38 points in the second half yeah, once again the grit grind nuggets come through with the victory grit and grind uh he his his it is very rare that I say that Nikola Jokic made his presence, that he was physical and made them feel him. They he were made, physical, yeah. He made him feel like I shared one, the one where he took the nut shot, like he was on Lou Williams. Like he just hung with him, mm -hmm. just hung yeah. with Lou Williams. Kawhi drove, and, and this is a lot of it is 
Jokic brought enough of a physical presence versus Kawhi that it allowed Gary Harris to make backside plays. It allowed Jeremy Grant to make backside plays. It allowed them time to get back to recover and make it to where Kawhi's trying to shoot over three people. Like the Clippers' big adjustment for this next game is going to be like, we got to trust our guys and kick out to the open shooters. The problem I have with that adjustment is that's what Denver wants. Denver's going to be like, oh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George aren't taking as many shots? Great. Cool. Awesome. Right. Good luck. Best of luck to you. We'll, we'll, we'll see your, we'll see Marcus Morris and Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams, and we'll see if they can keep up with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Best of luck to you. Right, right. Yeah, and, and Denver also got uh, – speaking of just some others, I mean, Denver got some huge contribution. There's so much to talk about in this episode, Matt, because there's just like – I feel like for the Nuggets' perspective, there's a whole lot of like little takeaways, but Denver got huge contributions from a lot of different guys tonight. Jeremy Grant goes 1 of 9, 0 of 5 from the three-point line. I thought he might have been the best player of the game because <laughs> of his defense on Kawhi. Gary Harris, four three-pointers. I don't know when the last game was that Gary Harris knocked down four three-pointers in a game, but guess what? The Nuggets are at a point, and by the way, Nuggets offensively have been fantastic in this playoffs. I mean, everybody has focused on their defense and this or that and talked about in this. Denver's in the second round. They're tied 1-1, and they have one of the best defense or offenses in all of the playoffs. I mean, sometimes you can shine a light on the good parts, but one of the things that's happened is Denver's been so good offensively that teams are saying, okay, who do we want to beat us? And Gary Harris, the team's shooting guard, and a guy who led them in scoring three seasons ago or, or was second in scoring three seasons ago. Might have, yeah, yeah, he wasn't leading. He was second. Um, that guy comes out tonight. They just say, okay, let's leave him open and see what happens. He knocks down four of seven. So um, Denver got a lot of contributions from a lot of different guys. Even Michael Porter tonight goes five of 10, mm -hmm. has 11 points and made some important ones. Like he had the tip in that was really big. He had the mid range jumper that was really big. So Denver just got a lot of contributions tonight. Better defense from MPJ too. I thought, I thought he stuck with his man. I thought for the most part that he was pretty locked in. I thought that his mistakes level was lower tonight. I think that that's good. Um, Gary has been just phenomenal and it's really cool to see. It's just a really great story after it is a great that, story. That, guy's, that guy's been through. So it's cool to see that. Um, when we come back, there's another gentleman that I would like to talk about uh, and his contributions to this basketball game. We'll do that as we continue to break down game two the Nuggets win over the Clippers here. Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for making this part of your day weekend edition after the Nuggets 110-101 victory over the Clippers in game two. World's finest alongside Adam Mares. Adam, I got something I would like to say. Okay. He had a bad series. I said he was going to have a bad series. It was a bad series for him. It was a bad matchup. Matchups are a problem, and sometimes you just play bad versus an opponent. He didn't play his best basketball. Michael Malone said that. He said he didn't play his best basketball. Can we yeah. put some goddamn respect on Paul Millsap's name? Paul was – I went back and watched for – look, everyone's going to get excited. I know. I was going to say this too. Yep. Everyone's going to get excited about Grant, and I get it. I get it. I get it. He deserves it. I mean, he, this isn't – we don't have to be either or here. They both – I, they, I saw in that first quarter there were four possessions on Morris and Kawhi where Paul Millsap said, nope, I got my legs back. And it was, right. nope. Like, I'm bigger than you. Yeah. I'm stronger than you. I'm going to jump with you. I'm going to contest with you. I'm going to swipe at it. I'm going to disrupt you. I'm Paul Millsap. 
get off my yeah. hill. Dad, dad came, came through and, and I'm with you. I think what you were going to say is that you went back and watched game one again and he looked a little bit better. And I thought that was one of my big takeaways from rewatch. Of course, right now I've only seen game two one time. I have not gone back and rewatched it yet. Um, but yeah, watching him, I thought he was great in this one, had some big shots. The two three pointers were huge. Um, but then yeah, to your point defensively, he looks spry again. And that's one of the things that I think was so important. And you are right. He was my X factor coming in on, on the DNVR when we did the preview and we did all these questions, you know, and one of them was the X factor. I said it was, it's weird to call Paul Millsap at X factor, but after that first series, he was in this one. Cause I thought it was a better matchup. Denver needed his defense and his length. And I thought in this game, you saw that it's still going to be a challenge for him, but he was a two way player tonight. And Denver is very short on two way players. So when he comes through like that, it wasn't just the offense. It was the defense as well. Really, really, really valuable. I went back and, and watched and was doing some clips on uh, Saturday morning off of that game and just went back and watched. And like when I went back and, and looked at it, I, I really, I, for me, it was, I'm good with all these Marcus Morris shots. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah he, he made contests yeah. and he just made them. And like, if you lose, cause Marcus Morris shoots like that. Like I said this, if Marcus Morris can becomes, we, can we say something? Don't, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. I was going to say, we said this in the, you know, Utah shoots lights out in the first round, first three, four games of that series. And we're like, man, how are they shooting above their average? The the Clippers come out in game one, Marcus Morris is shooting so far. They were comfortable. Tonight, I thought Denver made a concerted effort to be physical, to be tough, and to just go at them, not to back down. And I think that having the first quarter that they had, when you do that, I think it's much less surprising when role players, your Morrises, your uh, Lou Williams, those guys don't shoot lights out. When you don't come out tough, it's not as surprising when guys do get comfortable. And I thought Marcus Morris in the first game threw the legs, dribble, step back, you know, just feeling himself. In this game, it was much more – he was had to be urgent. He was knocked on his heels, and he goes 3-9. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of this is just like – the Nuggets played way more physical than they were expecting. Like they just, I, I will also say this. I really genuinely think the Clippers, like the Clippers thought they were facing Dallas. That that's, yeah, yeah. that is very apparent that they were like, yeah, we got this. Every game's a shootout and we're just going to have to like they, go out there. And, yeah. And they don't, they don't have Luca. We'll do our thing and they'll be yeah. fine. And the Nuggets really quite honestly. And I think it's fair to be like, why the hell don't you do this all the time? Um, I think it's a fair criticism of the team. Cause like, God, they could be like, Maybe they wouldn't have had to have gone seven with the Jazz. But the reality is, is how often this year have we said they rise to the exact level of the competition? Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, like we've said this for years, really. And it's one of the reasons I think why people don't buy into Denver is because they they eke out wins against Atlanta the same way they eke out wins against the Clippers. And so, yeah. like, and when you watch the Atlanta, you go, okay, this team beat Atlanta by three points or lost to Atlanta. You say whatever. But, um, no, you're absolutely right about Denver. I Against Utah, it turns out they could go down 3-1 and rally and still win. I don't think that's how they drew it up. But I do think that this team has a sort of understanding of the moment. And you can't go down 0-2 to the Clippers. I really don't. I mean, maybe they could have and rallied back, but this is a team that they're going to give. There's going to be a game in the series, maybe multiple ones, where Denver gives their best shot and it's not enough. And I think they kind of I, – I, tonight it certainly seemed like they understand that. This is a team you have to be locked in going forward every single night. I think they knew. I just didn't think they were able – because I think that's why they Yeah, I don't think they were able to in game one. I, I think they tied them in the first quarter because they knew that they needed to be there, and then they got to be the yeah. second quarter, and they're just like, oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, it's, it's funny. Uh, I know that you were particularly infuriated by Mason Plumlee's performance in game one. Uh, I thought, I thought, I thought second quarter, he actually made some plays. I thought, I thought he was pretty good first half. 
there's a couple of ways that I think the Clippers are going to for sure beat Denver. And one of them is at the foul line. I just, to me, the fouls are so important and they get, I mean, what was Denver outshot from the foul line tonight? They, they go 20 of 29. And especially in that third quarter, um, they got so many, just not fouling is such a big part of this. And I know Mason Plumlee hustles and he plays hard, but he just picks up fouls by the bunches. And yeah, I think, I, I understand that. I think some of it though is, is also, I, whenever I watch the bench unit, like, an issue with the bench unit is that there's not there because you don't have Paul and Gary as much. You do not have that correct funneling. So Millsap, mm-hmm. like Mason's off, like Mason picked up one on Paul George where one, he was, he beat him to the spot. Like he just was just stand, like I watched it four times. He beat him to the spot. He was already in position before public picked up his dribble. But um, the problem was, is like, he had to, he had to make such a radical adjustment because of where the guy where of how bad the perimeter defender was funneling him, but that's an issue. Um, one positive, I think they picked up from this game. So Torrey Craig's overall night was poor, um, had a nice offensive rebound, I thought, and, you know, generally like made some plays, but didn't like, obviously offensively not good, but you don't really expect that from Torrey. Yeah. I mean, he was just normal. One thing I did like though, is they started putting him on Lou Williams and I like that matchup a lot. I like him on Lou Williams. I like him on Reggie Jackson. You put him on the smaller dude. I, I will keep saying this. You put him on the smaller dudes and Tory's going to eat. You try putting him on Paul George and Paul George yeah. is going to rip him. It's just going to eat him alive. That second unit for Denver is such a wild card. And you look at him tonight, Monte Morris, a plus one, Tory Craig minus five, MPJ minus four, Mason Plumlee minus six. I mean, it, it's such a hodgepodge in large part because we just haven't seen so many minutes with like that combination of guys. And they put Jamal Murray out there with them. And tonight, Jamal Murray, I thought had his moments, um, but not necessarily with that second unit. So um, that I, I don't know how I feel about that second unit. Um, but fortunately, you know, this looks like one of those series where Jeremy Grant's going to play 40 minutes and Jokic is going to Jokic and Murray are going to play right around that as well. So um, I, I think their impact's going to be diminished. Michael Porter, should we talk about him? Yeah, we can talk about we can talk about him. What do you want to talk about? I just find him to be such an X factor. You talk about his defense, and I do think that it's been really improved. It's interesting to me that he's down to 16 minutes per game, and I don't think that's the wrong move by any means. I mean, the guys he would replace are Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap. Those guys were awesome tonight, so um, no need to, to sort of put him in there. But his shot making is just so important. I mean, I look at it tonight and I go, okay, Jokic 26, Murray 27. That's the blueprint, right? And then you get contributions from Millsap, Harris, Monte Morris. I wonder, I, I, I just think going forward, Denver's going to need this 110 plus points. And I look around and I think, okay, do I count on Torrey Craig? No. Monte, more points than he had? No. Gary Harris? Maybe. I mean, maybe Gary Harris. Michael Porter had been in this giant slump and he saw a couple go through the net tonight. And I just think that was so important for him. I, I'm hopeful that, I don't think he's going to play more than 16 to 20 minutes. I think that's probably where he's going to finish for most of the series. I'd love to see him get up there, get a few more shots up there and get into that knock down some of those threes, get into the 14, 15 point range. I'm interested to see when we're, I'm able to dig into the numbers, what the numbers were with Harrell when MPJ was on the floor. And the reason I'm really interested in that is, yeah. So Harrell's Harrell wants to get little short stuff. He's, he's like little greedy monster. Just those are momentum plays too. offensive board. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And so having MPJ in there to counter that, I think is a big thing. You also need the athleticism. And you need a guy like this is one of the things I think that's really crucial with Denver in the playoffs right now defensively. And it, it happened in the Utah series. I think it happened tonight. Denver has to be willing to sell out on help on the weak side at the yeah. rim. Like, yeah, you have to accept the fact that you're just like, yes, if Montrez Harrell 
pump fakes, turns around and kicks the ball out, you're giving up an open three to a quality shooter. Here's the thing. Montrez Harrell's never going to do that. That's not something he's See, ever going to do. I even wonder with this team specifically, it's it, that, that part of it is true, but there's also just not the like kick out, swing it around the horn with this team, this Clippers team as much. Cause I do think that like Kawhi can make the pass and you know, everybody's talked about his improved passing and it is true. I just don't know that this is a team that's like break down the defense, pass, 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 find the open guy. And there it is. So I do think there's a little bit they of want, selling, selling out extra hard. They want simple mechanisms. This is a very doc yeah. Rivers. This is a very doc rivers thing. Okay. Like doc rivers is never trying to create the beautiful game. Doc rivers wants, no, no, no run the pick and roll, make the read, make the extra pass, shoot the ball. Don't, right, right. don't then drive and do something. No, like don't, there's no like nine pass sequences with the Clippers. That's not how they go. And one thing I think that is working is the same mechanisms that Donovan Mitchell ate alive in two, three, and four before he came back down to earth. Um, Denver's, I think, benefited from facing that and having to do it so much because I noticed that versus both Paul George and Lou Williams and Kawhi, they are not letting them get to the elbow. They are still keeping them on the perimeter. And the extra, like, two feet of having to make that cross-court pass is really messing with them because the Clippers are just genuinely not used to it. Like they're used to in the regular season and even versus Dallas, Dallas defense is terrible, but so is Denver's, but like they're used to the whole idea of everyone's going to stay home. And so we're going to be able to work like it's just drop coverage or whatever. Like the Clippers are genuinely trying to figure out what this is like when the team is is like, no, 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 we're throwing three guys at you because you're Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Like we know who the big dogs are here. We're, we're going to make you make this pass. Yeah. I don't – I know – look, Denver's defense at its worst is really bad, and they were short Gary Harris, and they looked really bad. I just keep coming back to this. Clippers are number one offense. Yeah. Utah Jazz was number one offense since Christmas. They went against two really good offenses, both of which were uh, – the first one, which was just on fire, shooting above 55%, and they didn't have their best perimeter defender. I did, we know Denver. They're two-faced. I'm not trying to say they're a shutdown defense. I just – they're, they're yes. to me I in the playoffs are closer to what we saw tonight than what we saw through games the first four games of that Utah series when they were missing again their best perimeter defender and the yeah. other team was shooting sixty percent on pull up three pointers so I'm just yeah. it's funny to me and I'm only putting this out there Matt because you know I I, can, I play this note a lot but in a lot of ways we have to be the counterbalance to like the narrative that's just lazy the people that don't watch and they just saw games one two and three of that series and go oh wow they don't guard anybody. Denver can play good defense, and they have in big moments and, and against good teams. We've seen it time and time again. Yes. So here's the thing. They are not the Wizards or even the Mavericks in that I do not think right. the Mavericks are able to play good defense. Right, right. Um, I don't think the Wizards are able to play good defense. I don't think the Cavs are able to play good defense. The Hawks. Doesn't matter what the doesn't matter if Trey Young tried a million times harder. The Hawks are not going to be good at defense for another like four years and many roster changes later. The Nuggets absolutely can. I will say this: I I do think that transfer like just as as a setter one in the last series, no Gary Harris and Paul Millsap in a bad matchup. Now Paul Millsap in a much better matchup. Gary Harris back on the court and. I, I, when I looked at their numbers and saw that they had a sub 100 defensive rating with those two on the floor, I was like, oh, 
okay. Right. Like, right. That like it really, and I'm not a guy that goes for personnel. I'm always like, well, it's scheme and it's how your guys fit together. And it's about how disciplined you are as a unit with the nuggets. I really genuinely think that the drop off from Gary Harris to Tory Craig or Monte Morris is so big. And the drop off from Paul Millsap, honestly, to, to Jeremy Grant on most nights. He did like this is a great matchup for Jeremy Grant. Again, I love this matchup for the, for Denver because Jeremy Grant. It's literally like that guy. Go get that guy. Like yeah, go right. get that guy, and then try and make plays at the rim. And if you don't, if, like Jeremy Grant is not quarterbacking a defense. Paul Millsap's not right, quarterback right. the defense. But if you have him wide yep. receiver a defense, I guess is I don't know how more cornerback a defense, whatever it is. Defensive, def- yeah, def- yeah, cornerback, yeah. yeah. Like shut down, Paul, shut down corner. Yeah, Paul Millsap shut is, down Paul, yeah, Paul Millsap's playing like middle linebacker or safety. And, yeah. and and Jeremy Grant is the shutdown corner. And that is an assignment that yeah. he can read. Like that's, that, that I think is a good position for him. So like they can, I think the big key though is like, it wasn't just that versus the Jazz that they were like, oh, they gave up, it's like they gave up 150. 50 like offensive ratings in these games like it was so bad that it's like you have to on, on some level these narratives are are not complete enough right but this is also on Denver to prove them wrong and I will say like well this is why I love also if you want the most before we get a break you want to know what the most nuggets thing about this is what's that they win game two on Saturday night of Labor Day weekend which means that no one works on Monday and Monday night is game to, is game three the Clippers <laughs> probably win that game We'll see. And then, yeah. and and then, probably, again, they probably win every game. They're just now, they're, they're, they're now, really good I, team, I I openly have said that I think that I, I will I think game three is the most important one. I think if yeah. I think if the Nuggets win game three, they win the series. If the Nuggets lose game three, I'm hedging my Nuggets in seven though. Like, that's how I'm going. That's... Don't hedge, Matt. You can't hedge your bet after you're the, the, you get this big win. This is your chance to be like, hey man, I'm I'm a, you're the only guy on earth right now on Nuggets. Nuggets winning this series. I mean, and of course, they do this on the week. They do this on the weekend when I can't go on the radio and gloat. I can't like it's so irritating. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get final thoughts on this game. We'll look forward to game three, and we'll talk more about how I was right, which is really the important thing. We'll be right back. I'm locked on Nuggets. All right, back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for making us part of your day. Hope you enjoyed your weekend. Enjoy this long weekend. Uh, I know I will, because there's nothing I want more than my family being home more after this pandemic. Um, so, uh, Adam, I-, I will say this. I want to applaud you, because you haven't, you haven't like gone off on, oh, everyone says Jokic is a terrible defender, huh? And he really was really good tonight. I thought he was, and even with the fouls, like he managed all that really well. Like he, Yeah. He, I mean, he, look, I'm, Jokic is both. He's a, both a terrible defender and a good defender. Just which one are we going to see? And, um, you know, I hope we see more of this version. I mean, Denver, I, I'm so curious. One of the the stories hanging over this entire bubble is just what do players and teams look like as they get more and more tired. And the intensity of these games is going up. You can see it. You can feel it. And it's only going to get more. We're only in the second round, Matt. Whoever advances, be it the Nuggets or anybody else, is going to have more intense games. And then every other day and then more intense games after that and i'm just so curious to see the energy level but denver tonight flew around Jokic has these talents that other centers don't defensively quick hands you know 
he always gets his hands on the ball and, and, and does little things. So he incredible rebounder, 18 rebounds tonight. So he has some positive traits. And tonight I thought his energy level and the team's energy level allowed him to sort of highlight the positives and not the negatives. So there are two potential adjustments, I think, coming from the, the Clippers, depending on what Doc thinks. Like Rivers may just look at this and go, yeah, Kawhi didn't shoot well. Nugget shot really well for a half. We couldn't get it done. Well, I think they actually made an important adjustment in this game that helped them, you know, sort of Denver was unprepared for, I thought, and, and Denver really struggled. And that was that they got really aggressive getting the ball out of Jamal's hands and even out of Jokic's hands, just playing up top, trapping the ball up top and forcing Denver to play. And I think that that strategy should play into Denver's hands when they're prepared for it. I mean, Denver has players that can make plays four on three if they're able to get the ball out of the trap but Denver really struggled with that tonight they struggled with that pressure and I thought that was one of the reasons they only had 17 points in the third 21 in the fourth so I expect more of that's one adjustment for them I think they're going to dare Denver to get out of the long bodies that they throw at Jamal try to trap him up there the other thing I think is uh there's a possibility that they start trying to go small that they play either Michael Green or Marcus Morris at the five um, now I have, I'm skeptical of this just based off of doc knows that Ivica Zubac is like their best defensive center. And so he's got to play him and he knows that Harrell is Harrell. And so he's going to play Harrell. He just will. That's what he's shown. Like it would be a very radical decision for him to limit Harrell's minutes, especially when Harrell has been a positive in both of the games. So can I just say, I'm so glad Jokic really took it to Zubats in that first, because I saw a lot of like, so, I mean, we know this, the, we see this stuff all the time. I saw a lot of like. When Jokic was guarded by Zubats, he was two of five. But everybody else, it's like, guys, he's going to murder Zubats if you don't send the help. Are we kidding? Are we joking here? And tonight he did. I mean, he 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 scored in all different ways on, on, on him. Yeah. Which I was really glad because well, I hate when people throw that stuff out. Yeah. And, and like I, I've circled this in the, when we talked about the series before. I was like, I think he's going to eat Zubats alive. And, um, you know, in game one, they ran away from him, but he was still had a really good first quarter. And then in this game, he just, he roasted him. Zubach said after the game, he was like, I know I haven't done better. I will do better next game. And I'm like, mm, you only yeah. going to be a minus seven then kid. Cause yeah. I don't, there's like, here's the thing. It's not a thing about Zubach. It's just that right, Zubach right. is basically just like a lesser Rudy Gobert. <laughs> and so well, no, like, he's not, he's not nearly as long and, and right. at athletic. Like right. Jokic is really good at the ground bound center. I mean, that's why Steven Adams is a good defender, but Jokic roasts him. Cause he just knows his shots not going to get blocked. Right. Same and with so, Zubac. yeah. And so he's like, he's, he is going to continue to score on him in single coverage. Now I think the Clippers were a little late to the double. They chained the nuggets made some, no, then I always think it's a change. It wasn't a change. The nuggets had better spacing tonight. Like mm. they physically, when I looked at where they were on the court, there was better spacing. They weren't as bunched. They, they had more awareness of how to spread out. And that made it harder. Kawhi was also really slow on some of his doubles. Like it was, it was not Kawhi's night on multiple levels. Like, I just want to say this, Jamal cooked him. Like I'll go ahead yeah, and say that. A couple. a couple. I don't know if I'd say cook, but he had a couple and anything on Kawhi yeah. is big. And when, well, here's my thing. When you do, when you get him as bad as he got him, I think that qualifies as a cooking. Like yeah. now it wasn't like, it wasn't like Zubach Jokic. Cause that was barbecue chicken. Right. But, right. 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 Um, but like credit to Jamal, man, for go, he ISOed versus Kawhi. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, uh Oh, this is not gonna, Oh my God. He got it. He got the layup. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like just beat him, just beat him to the spot. And they got that step back on him, which was dirty. Yeah. That was dirty. So 
you know, and here's the thing is like the Clippers can point to Kawhi Leonard and he will shoot better. I think in the next game, absolutely. Um, there'll be a lot of like, well, Marcus Morris is going to shoot three of nine again. I'm regressions of kind of a pain. Um, Lou Williams shot four of nine. I mean, that crazy. Right. Um, but here's part of it is like Jerry Grant was one of nine. Oh, yeah. five from three, one of nine. Like there yeah. were guys that missed on both sides. Jamal wound up 10 to 21, which, you know, is right. okay for right. him, but um, really, you know, we shut down in the second half and yeah, there were defensive adjustments, but um, I do think that they, and like, you look at Gary Harris, you know, his minutes were very big, but 13 points on four of eight. And the biggest thing for, for Huge. Harris, the biggest thing for Harris though, is just like the confidence, man. Like not yeah. just for him, but there's been times that I've noticed when, when Jokic always trusts him because of their relationship and how long they play together. But even Jokic, I think always like when I was watching him, like you could tell he's like, come on, man, hit this. And it's like, I just think that him being back to having absolute trust in like Gary's going to handle this is key and having another weapon like that fundamentally changes things. So I don't know who's going to win game three. I really don't. I, I took nuggets in seven, which is me saying it's a coin flip. And I think Denver comes out on top mm-hmm. um, because it opens up for the possibility if they went in six that I was like, I was right. Cause I said nuggets would win. Um, but like, I do think that game three is just absolutely like, I cannot get over how big of a deal it is. If the Nuggets they're win, gonna throw they're gonna throw a haymaker. I just know the Clippers are gonna come back yes. thinking, well, this is the little brother. We're gonna let's stuff him in the locker again. I'm I'm curious to see what Denver brings. Yeah, the big thing I think is gonna they have to with the here. I will say this based off of our the, these playoffs. This is this is actually a big deal. They gotta withstand it. Like yeah. they got they gotta take the haymaker and not be like, well, on to game four. You can't do that. If you go down to one then you've got four games. You got to take three of four from the Los Angeles Clippers. Can't do it. You can't right, do that. Right. Like, as, as much as I question the Clippers, I know they're a championship level team. Like they are a championship contender. They are the favorites right now because the bucks have imploded. Like it's them. They are the title favorite right now, according to the books. So like you are not taking three of four from the Los Angeles Clippers. You cannot give up on game three on game three. Yeah. You need to, and but here's the other thing though you get game three I do yeah. not tr- I don't trust the Cl- like love this the, part yep. the Clippers are gonna get the Clippers you saw it with Pat Bev tonight losing his mind he did lose and, his mind yeah and mad at Doc Rivers for not challenging the call but like yep. I don't know who on the Clippers is gonna be like we have to come together guys yeah they're not a come together team uh, I do think there's a lot of that I think there's a lot of that I mean this is a team that you know, had guys in and out of the lineup a lot. They were like the Nuggets. They had guys late arriving to the bubble, late getting healthy and all this different stuff. And, you know, the more you put them on the heels, the more there's just a chance for them to fray and fall apart. So I'm not saying they're going to quit or any of that stuff, but it's just their team that is still very much discovering themselves. So they're just so stinking talented that oftentimes it doesn't matter. And but here's the, and here, back and them he, into a corner. And here's the other thing is like, I feel really good about the Nuggets chances if it's close. I do too. I was just looking at some of the clutch stats and Denver ranked right up there at the top. They've been in 45 clutch situations tonight, 45 different games with clutch situations. And they are as good as any team in the NBA Clippers. I was surprised to see that was not the case. So uh, I wonder I did, that could be just random. So that's regular season. That's not always with their full staff, but Denver, I do have a lot of confidence in them in those moments. So we'll see. All right. That's going to wrap it up for locked on nuggets. My thanks to Adam Mars, my co-host for joining us. We'll be back oh, on. Welcome. You're, you're, I just I appreciate your time. You're a very busy man. Um, 
Uh, we'll be back on Monday <laughs> with another episode. We'll, I'll do one for uh, the game recap on Monday. That'll be Monday's episode. Um, and yeah, we'll talk to you guys again. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. That stuff helps us out a lot. I've received a lot of positive comments about the show. I'm really grateful for that. And honestly, I felt like I wasn't awesome for a while at this gig, and I feel like I've gotten better, and I'm really appreciative of everybody's comments on that. Yeah, the positive feedback always means a lot, guys. We appreciate it very, very, very much. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnNuggets. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at HP Basketball And Adam Mares, it's at Adam underscore Mares. Did I get that right? I think so, yeah. And <laughs> I think so, yeah. And we'll talk to you guys again next week on Locked On Nuggets.